Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Celtics were not just eliminated from the postseason Wednesday night. They were embarrassed by the Bucs in Game 5. Whereas in Game 4, the Bucs won the game, the Celtics last night simply gave away Game 5 in Milwaukee, showing little poise, resolve, or teamwork that properly represents the name spelled out across the chest of their uniform. Ironically, our episode earlier this week was our 17th representative of the number of championship banners and the retired number of Celtics great John Havlicek, who recently passed away as the team had the number 17 on their uniforms in memoriam for Hondo. Today marks our 18th episode, representative of the banner they have been pursuing for the last decade and the retired number 18 of Dave Cowens. I mention these things because these players, along with Bill Russell, Sam and Casey Jones, JoJo White, Coach Red Auerbach, and so many others, are who I heard stories about from my dad growing up in the 80s watching the big three, DJ and Danny. Plain and simple, it meant something. To the players, the fans, it was a sense of pride, which of course we know as Celtic pride. The job Danny Ainge and ownership have done the past decade plus to carry on the Celtic tradition has been incredibly inspiring and enjoyable, but this series has soured what that means. It is both scary and ironic that Ainge had a minor heart attack, which thankfully he's recovering from in the midst of this series. Did he know something? The Bucks were rightly the favorite, 60 wins and arguably the league MVP. But that wasn't the only difference. They played together, they played with purpose, and they simply wanted it more. For the Celtics to not be able to cut into Milwaukee leads with Giannis on the bench in games 4 and 5 was glaring to how disjointed and mentally weak this team is. And while Brad Stevens owned the blame at the podium, this falls on the players. I don't know what is haunting Kyrie Irving, but his performance, attitude, and lack of awareness about what it means to wear a Celtics uniform is one of the most disappointing things I can connect with the experience of being a lifelong Celtics fan. But it isn't just about Kyrie operating with a different deck of cards. This is collective across the board, and ultimately a wasted opportunity to accomplish something special and representative of what it means to be a Celtic. If I sound preachy, I don't care, because this means something, not just to me, but to the Celtics fans across the globe, as this franchise has resonated around the world for decades. Personally, the connectivity was always about the teamwork, the integration of the game tied to Red Auerbach and Bill Russell, and of course leaving it all out there on the floor, from Bird spilling his blood on the parquet, the truth playing 80 games after almost losing his life to a stabbing incident in the preseason, to KG playing on a bad wheel through Game 7 of the 2010 NBA Finals, and Marcus Smart willing to do anything to get that loose ball. My hope is that tradition and pride will once again be realized and properly restored. In closing, if the universe cooperates, I'd like to formally enter my candidacy to become the first ever CLO of the Celtics, Chief Lineage Officer. There is clearly a need for it now. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. 
The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, episode 18. I'm glad one of us is having a good time and in a good mood today. I am currently going into Celtics fan rehab for the next few months. Yes. BJ, how are you, my friend? Well, Eric, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I'm speechless. The passion came came through. I hear you, but where do we go from here, my friend? What do we do? I still can't believe what I was watching, right? And. I had to start the game on delay because I had a, um, a meeting go long and I had to get back downtown and the text messages are starting to come in and I didn't start the game till like, you know, 9.30 Eastern. And this is an elimination closeout game. This is the Celtics in the playoffs. This is Kyrie Irving. And this is, this is how you go out. I, I just... I'm, I'm lost. I think it's disgusting. I think it's embarrassing. I realize that um, this is not the same NBA I watched growing up as a kid, the same NBA that you played in. But just the foundation of taking pride in your work, in your craft, and the fact that this is uh, a team sport and teamwork and camaraderie and passion and effort are the keys to putting yourself in a position to be successful. None of that was there on the court last night. So we can start with Kyrie Irving because obviously that's the big item here. Uh, he looked like the kid at basketball camp trying to get his numbers to impress the coaches. What did you see while watching game five? Kyrie is a, is a talent. We all know offensively what he's capable of doing. He's, he's a very capable player. In, as far as scoring offensively, what he brings um, to that end of the court. Now, I think Kyrie wanted to win. Kyrie certainly has won. And I, I think the Boston Celtics wanted to win. But let's give the then, Milwaukee then, Bucks then can credit. We, wait, 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 wait. I'm not letting you off that easy. Before we give the better team credit. The way they played offensively was not indicative of a team that wanted to win a basketball game and keep their season going. I'm sorry. I'm, there, there were too many possessions of, I'm jacking this up, thinking this is going to be a seven-point shot to get us back in the game. When the philosophy of Coach Stevens and the philosophy of this team always is one possession at a time, hit singles, and look at the game film from game one when everybody played together, everyone shared the ball, everybody moved, they kicked their ass. I, I just I, I I I can't accept that. I can't accept that. There was there was no accountability at all, and no one looking to to share and make the Bucks defense work. It was so easy for Milwaukee. Now back to you. Sorry. That that, that that's all fine and dandy. And that may work during the regular season, and you move the ball, and all of those cliche and nice things that you say about you know amateur basketball right that we've learned <laughs> playing in whatever league we played in and you know high school and it, it works to some degree at the collegiate level 
But in the NBA playoffs, that's a different game. That's a different animal, okay? And you need great players who can play in the chaos. You need players who can play when the offense breaks down, and you need players who can play and create opportunities not only for himself to score and get up shots because if you break down the principle, the, one of the, the principles of a sound offense is taking a shot is a form of penetration. So the fact that Kyrie was able to get up enough shots, I'm okay with that. As long as you understand what your job is as a teammate, as a guy who's creating shots, which is to possibly get the offensive rebound. So the one thing that I'm not focused in on is not who we're making shots and who we're missing shots is the ability to how do you have an impact on the game? Because Dennis Rodman and Paul Silas and all of these players, Ben Wallace, they figured out how to play without being offensive players in this league. So if Kyrie is able to get up 25 shots and he's only made nine or 10 of them or whatever it is he was making, that means there is 15 to 20 rebounds that, that should give me a chance to get. So there are other ways sure, to contribute to the game. Sure, but they're a terrible offensive rebounding well, team. Well, like, I know, I know what you're they're saying. They're a terrible re- offensive rebounding team is because – they have this offense that's predicated on all of these principles, ball movement, player movement, and all of these things. The truth of it is, is that why would I have an offensive rebounder, like let's say a Dennis Rodman, doing a dribble weave at the top of the at the top of the the, the, the top of the key? No, sure. I would put them. I would put people in strategic places where they can best contribute to our team. So, if in my humble opinion, as I'm watching the teams play. As I'm watching the teams, I respect the fact what they were able to do and all of the things. They run this offense and they, they all share the ball. and they all, that's, that's great. When you're playing against bad teams during the regular season, that works. In the playoffs, Eric, I'm going to say this and I, I'll keep harping on it. You, the reason that these teams are in the playoffs, they're going to take away possibly your first and your second option, which leaves you, what's your third option? What, what do you have to go to if the first and second option doesn't work? And what you saw with the Celtics, okay, the Boston, the Milwaukee Bucks made an adjustment going into game two. They made an adjustment. And the Celtics were never able to recover. Now, I don't know. I, I didn't look at the tape. I haven't looked at the film. I haven't. But if I, I am confident that if I go back and look what happened from game two to game five, it would be obvious to me what really happened going in because the the Milwaukee Bucks took away something because game one, the Celtics were terrific. Yeah, they took away their heart and they took away their <laughs> desire. They took away their desire to compete. And and now and now I'm going to get really competitive with you okay. and I'm going to dig into a really good bottle of red wine this weekend. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the damn tape and torture myself. So you'll get a breakdown from me next week. Last thing on this, and we're going to talk about it a lot, but is your gut feeling, you know, give me a quick answer here, is your gut feeling that Kyrie Irving and the Celtics are no longer going to be paired together? No, I, I, I don't think that. I think he has to look at the Celtics um, because of the team that they have and potentially they're one of the better teams. And I'll still contend, even though they lost, I still like their talent. Um, I think that's why we're all so disappointed because we look at their team and we go, this team is a very capable team to not only get out of the Eastern Conference, but possibly win the the championship. So I look at it as an opportunity for 
for to look at yourself instead of pointing the fingers and doing all those other things. I look at it as an opportunity to say, you know what, what can I do? What can we do? And if you believe in the group, why would you leave? If you believe yeah. in the group, if you believe it. So I don't think yeah. it's a I don't think it's a done deal. But again, I'm not Kyrie Irving. I don't know. I'm not speaking with him on that level. But I would look yep. at that team as a team possibly that I would want to, you know, work with, especially if you're able to keep that group together. It's the group. It's the organization. It's the window that has been set up for long-term success. So we will see. Moving on to another team that prides itself on its organization and its talent, the Golden State Warriors. And as last night I was watching, um, and I'm speaking about Wednesday night, of course, the night of Celtics Bucks Game 5 and Warriors Rockets Game 5, I'm watching on delay. And I've got a text thread with the crew that I made the DeMarcus Cousins film with. And I get a text message saying, oh my goodness, I hope we didn't curse this team. And I was probably about 30 minutes behind in real time to what happened with Kevin Durant. And um, obviously we're hoping KD comes back. He's got a mild calf strain as reported. He uh, will not travel to Houston for game six and will not be available the rest of this series. So my first question for you is, how do the Warriors win one more game in this series without Kevin Durant? Well, they are the champions, and, and I'm sure the Warriors feel, and they know, as they rightfully so, that, you know what, we've won a championship without Kevin Durant. I'm not saying it's the right way to think about it, and I'm not saying Kevin Durant certainly hasn't um, – made an impact with them. I think that's obvious. And I want to make this clear that they are better with Kevin Durant. But I'm sure that those other guys are very prideful, meaning Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and all the other guys that are in that locker room. They feel they have a lot of pride, and they feel that they can go out and win a game with or without him. Now, maybe can they do that for the entire season at, at this point of their careers? Hey, who's to say? But they have certainly done it, and I'm sure they're going to maintain their focus, knowing what they have to do to win a game. And you look at it, they say, you know what? We can play 500 basketball from this point moving forward, and then we'll worry about you know the next round when we get to it. But I'm sure they're very confident in that locker room uh, that they can win a game, whether it's there in Houston or win a game at home. One game. That's all they need, 48 minutes and – Two things here that are both ironic and scary. One is your premonition for the last several weeks that if the Warriors were going to get tripped up, it was going to be in the second round. Obviously, the way the um, brackets laid out and the matchups, Houston sitting here looming in the second round. Obviously, we didn't expect uh, Harden to get scraped in the eye, and we surely didn't expect Kevin Durant to go down with an injury. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, last year... The Rockets are up 3-2 with Game 6 in Golden State, Game 7 at home, and Chris Paul is injured and can't play. We are now dealing with the exact opposite scenario of Game 6 in Houston, Game 7 in Golden State, and now Kevin Durant can't play. That, to me, is extremely eerie and, of course, makes for a even more intriguing storyline here. So... You alluded to the fact the Warriors have won a championship 
before Kevin Durant. Obviously, the DNA of that team was a bit different, different role players, um, d- different guys getting minutes, and the first time around for Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So if I'm the Rockets, the mindset doesn't change, but does anything strategically change for them knowing Durant is not out there on the floor? Yes, and, and again, and that is that is the problem. The, the the problem is how many times Eric have we seen where uh you you show up to the arena, the star player is not playing, and you go, oh, this yeah, should be an easy guard, game, and then the, the other team, down. and then the other team ends up winning the game. You know, the team ends up with the with the star player not playing, ends up winning the game. And the reason that happens is, is, is there is a natural letdown. I think you saw that last night with the Rockets. And the big thing for the Rockets is they, they are all connected on their scheme of what they're doing versus a Kevin Durant on the floor team. All right? And suddenly now when Kevin Durant is not on the floor, you know, I was just watching the game as a fan like everyone else. The Warriors are able to adjust – on the fly better than most teams. And certainly they did a better job last night of adjusting without Kevin Durant than the yep. Rockets did playing a team minus Kevin Durant. Now, I think they will be pre- better prepared to how to defend because that puts Draymond Green in a different place. Certainly you have to shift your defense on how to defend Kevin Looney as how to defend Andre Iguodala or whomever they're going to replace Kevin Durant on the floor with. I think offensively it will shift the Warriors and how they're going to play because you're going to look for Steph Curry now and and Klay Thompson to be much more aggressive, which is going to now how we're going to match up because now we're not going to be playing as much isolation basketball. So yep. I think all of these things will be – the adjustments will be made here on the off day or the travel day, and then we'll see how the, how the game plan is going to play out because I'm assuming – like most, that Kevin Durant is not going to play in these next two games. And if I can get game six there in Houston, I'm feeling really good about game seven if I'm the Houston Rockets right now. But, again, they got to get game six, which I'm sure the Golden State Warriors know the longer this goes, the slimmer their chances are of winning because they are playing a ton of minutes. And I I mean the starters. I think it's safe to say the Warriors will be treating Game 6 like it is a Game 7. With you on what this strategy chess match is going to be, I think we're going to get a large dose of point forward Draymond Green, and I'm going to be very interested to see how Houston chooses to defend him, um, being that when Draymond's on the floor with KD, Steph, and Clay, he's almost an afterthought at times. Um, and has playing been playing much more of a supporting role. Now I think he's going to handle a lot of the playmaking duties. And as you mentioned, uh, Kavan Looney, Andre Iguodala, Jonas Jarebko is going to see minutes, and he's had some, some positive playoff moments in the past. This is going to be a really, really uh, interesting 48 minutes in Game 6. And then obviously if this, thing's go, if th- if this thing goes 7, um, buckle up and – Crazy to think that the Warriors thought at this time they'd have DeMarcus Cousins in the mix, and boy, do they need him now. And ironically, one of the best games he played this year 
was when Golden State went into Houston without Durant and Boogie had that tremendous game with like 27, 9, and 8 playing out of the post. And they could they could really use him now. Yeah, they, they need some able bodies and they need bodies that can go out and play. You know, when, you, when you're trying to win a series, you're going to need contributions from like unknown areas or, you know, from, from players you're not expecting. Last night, I thought that was Kevin Looney. Uh, Kevon Looney for for the Warriors. I mean, that was he yep. was terrific last night. Not you know he didn't do anything spectacular in the stat sheet, but the energy and effort in which he brought to the floor, I thought was was terrific. And I thought that was a nice shot in the arm for them. And I expect the adjustment that will be made was you got to put Draymond back to the four position now, which I think puts mm-hmm. a, a puts pressure. Uh, on the center position for the Warriors because Draymond has really done a, you know, his, what he's done against uh, Capella has really kind of neutralized him. I think you got to put him back to the four because I don't think they're going to go big with, with, with Bogut, but you know, I, I, I think you got to stay small and I expect yeah. Capella to really have a breakout game. I, I really do. I think he's too good of a player. Uh, he hasn't played well throughout the series. But if they can get a, some contribution or a, a little jolt from someone that they're not expecting, I think really pushes them over the top. I think James Harden has done his job. You know, Chris Paul, you know, give or take, you know, what, whatever he has to do. You know, I, do I expect him to play better or hope he play better? Yes, but he hasn't. You know, uh, Gordon has been really solid. But you, you yeah. need Clint Capella to really step up. And I think this is a game – where he can really, really, you know, I think he has a good matchup versus Looney, and I think it's one that he should win. And uh, I, 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 I like the Rockets' chances going into game six and potentially game seven. Great call out on Capella, and uh, the home environment is um, likely the place for him to do that, along with Durant not being there defensively, and, and he's, he's really elevated his game defensively o- over the last year plus as well. One of the reasons why the Bucks kicked the Celtics' ass is because all of their guys played with that fire. And it's unbelievable for Milwaukee how things have just lined themselves up so well. They get Brogdon back in limited fashion in Game 5 just to try to get him in rhythm. Now Milwaukee gets to sit and wait to see who they play, Philly or Toronto. Uh, game six being uh, Thursday night uh, back in Philly. So we could have a game seven or we could have Toronto closing closing out to face the Bucks. So my question for you here is with Golden State and Houston really um, going tooth and nail and now Durant's got an injury with Denver and Portland just, you know, street fighting every night in that series, which is now going to six and maybe seven. Um how much of an advantage of this is, is for the Bucks, who are just getting rest, getting healthy? Pal Gasol is waiting there. What do you think about Milwaukee? Well, you got to give Coach Budenholzer and his staff, and, the, and really I want to give the, the, the entire organization of the Bucks for, first of all, building this team the way they did. You know, this kid, Giannis, you never know when a player is really is ready to take on the responsibility and carry a franchise. 
And this kid has not only taken on the responsibility, I mean, he is really showing you, not only is he good in the, in the moment, once he gets a jump shot, my friend Eric, a consistent jump shot, yep. this league is going to be in some serious, serious trouble because he is now, right now, is playing beyond, I think, everyone's expectation. I don't recall anyone saying that the Bucks were going to be the best team in the East. I certainly, nope. after game one, I, I, and myself included, I didn't think that they could come back and beat the Celtics in four games. And this kid, Giannis, looked like he is ready to do this. Not only now, but he looked like he's ready to make a run now, Eric. And you got to give him credit. You got to give this young man oh, credit. So, he, so much credit. And you know what the biggest thing I want to credit him on? He is... He 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 is in he is infecting his teammates with that spirit and that camaraderie. Everyone's on board, and you have guys on that team that have taken such j- different journeys to this point. You have a guy like George Hill. You have Nikola Mirotic. You have Pat Coddington, who people wasn't even sure if he was going to stick in the league, coming out of uh, Notre Dame, playing with the Blazers, and now an impactful bench player. It's it's really incredible the impact he's had not just on the uh, the on court performance but that's that's a serious winning culture right now yeah and yeah. and and it's it's hat off to him and it's funny you know you say once this guy gets a jump shot like we're slowly seeing it happen but remember when they said that about a, a guy who you played with who wore twenty three <laughs> early in his career. Remember when they said that about one of your idols, Magic Johnson, who couldn't shoot? Right. It's not if. It's not if. It's it's when. Yeah. And he, what he's able to do in space, and as you alluded to earlier this week, the ground he covers. But last night in Game Five, he didn't even have to score that many points. His just impact on the game is felt every possession, because he's an incredible leader and teammate. Yeah, and he, um, yeah. well, he embodies so impressive. He embodies the competitive spirit which you like to see, and which is a, in your to te- me, in your in your in, team in, leader, in, in your which team is my leader. big problem with number eleven on the Celtics. Yeah, well, that's my it, big problem. The, the, the look, you know, I, I I love Kyrie, I love Kyrie Irving, I love his talent, but you know what? We all have faults. Every player that ever plays a game has faults. Even even Michael Jordan had faults in his game. But the, the, the one thing that you, you can't fault with, with a player who ascends to that level, like you're watching Giannis, Giannis' game is not predicated on scoring, unlike Kyrie Irving's. Kyrie Irving's game, Kyrie Irving's game is a very unique game because he's such a dominant scorer from the point guard position. But when you play the point guard position, you also are required to do two things. You are the initiator of the uh, of the of the of your team defense because you're the first one on the ball, and then you yep. have to control the tempo of the game. The last player to beat Michael Jordan in a playoff series was Isaiah Thomas, because he was able to control the tempo well, of the game. You now took, you took you took that right out of my okay. aside from aside from them losing to Orlando and Penny and Shaq, which the, doesn't count. Kyrie Isaiah Ir- was the guy, and so when is Kyrie going to watch Isaiah well, Ky- film no, like, well, Ky- like you Kyrie, did? Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving put so much pressure on himself to 
score that I thought it took away from the other things that the team needs. The team needs him yep. to, to dictate the game, control the tempo. First, let me control the tempo of the game. Then second, yep. let me initiate what we're going to do defensively because if we don't score and then you don't score, the score is still 0-0. Zero, zero. And that, to me, was the difference in the series. All Whether Kyrie shot well or didn't shoot well, I could really care less. Again, you, you, Eric, I say this, and, and, and I always say it, but I'll say it again. You have to be able to grind the game out. This kid, Giannis, can grind a game out. He can grind right now as a young player, which he has caught my attention and he's caught the attention of the league kind of by surprise because he can contribute to a game and dominate a game without actually having to score. And not only can, does he not have to score, he's not even scoring in the way the, way the game is being played, which is a three-point game right now. So once this kid is able, when his offense catches up to what he's doing defensively, it's going to be even better for his teammates, himself, and the organization because he's only playing at about 50% right now. The kid is not playing the full game because he's not able to explore the three-point line like a player can in today's game and in the way they play, which is a great concern for any team because they know they're going to have to go through this kid for many years to come if you're going to be crowned champion because he's going to be there. The Pure Hoops Podcast is one of four weekly shows from Pure Hoops Media. In addition to this show, the Pure Hoops Podcast that drops every Friday, we also have the Mike Wise Show with storyteller extraordinaire Mike Wise that drops each and every Monday. Our Wednesday show is Catch and Shoot with Noah Kozloff and Adam Stanko. And on Thursday, we present our newest show, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt. We hope you'll check out all of our shows. You will like them, we promise. Please listen, download, Subscribe and be sure to rate, review, and most of all, enjoy. Ben Simmons, Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. A, a guy who is has the raw ability that we've seen from Giannis. Mm. A guy who has great size and physical tools. A guy that has struggled mightily this postseason. Yeah, yeah. So let so so you know we're recording Thursday. By the time this comes out on Friday, May tenth, the Sixers season may be headed to a game yeah. seven, or their season may be over. So my question for you is, with the struggles of Simmons, with Joel Embiid, of course, you know, very under the weather and sick. And, you know, I'm always harping back to old school and do whatever it takes to play. But Embiid, we can see, is trying to play. And he just doesn't, hasn't had it. And maybe maybe that changes for game six. All that being said, mm. Philadelphia lo- loses this series. Is it fair or justified that Brett Brown might be the fall guy for this? Well, we know in sports, you know, Yes, Ben Simmons may be struggling. Yes, Joel Embiid may be struggling. But it's easier to get a new coach than it is to find talent, especially talent like that. So is this possible? Yeah, I I can see that. I mean, this is the league. We're all big boys, and we understand that. Now, when I, you know, where you're saying Ben Simmons. But, but like, you, you you have one of the ultimate perspectives on the league because of your experience in the league. You, you know what this is about. 
in our time doing this show, you've taught me so much. Before we get to Simmons, though, is it fair or justified? That's well, my question for you. I, 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 you know, look. Does he, deserve age, to, does he deserve to keep his job? At my age, I'm not looking for life to be fair. <laughs> now, when I was 25 <laughs> or 30, <laughs> I might have said, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> life is not fair, okay? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and that's something we all have to understand. I, I like Coach Brown. Matter of fact, I love Coach Brown. I'm, I'm a huge Coach Brown fan. Same here. Okay, I'm a huge Coach Brown fan. But we are in a business where that is the business. That's the business we live in. And it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. You know, Coach Brown, as, I, as I'm thinking about it, I can't recall how many coaches have been able to go through a rebuilding situation like he has go through the whole process situation and then have an opportunity to coach the team after, you know, he've gone through the, probably the most the, difficult part of it. Now, the only normally, one top of the, the only one top of my head is doc rivers. And that thing happened so fast. Yeah. I, I, they had all those yeah. injuries and then they made the trades and won the championship. Okay. That's yeah. The only so one. again, it's, it's just a business we're in. Do I feel that he would get another job immediately? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. You know, when I look at, when I look at their team, the problem is that, that team is not able to practice. That's the problem. Yep. That's the, 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 they have the yep. talent. None of us yep. are saying they don't have the talent to do it. The problem is they can't get the repetitions that are necessary to no. – they need they need to a cash in on the talent. They needed a preseason with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. They didn't now, get that. Now they didn't. They're not even close. Harris now, came in in February. Butler came in the first month of the season. So I don't care who you put in there. As a coach, I don't care what you do. If you're not getting your reps in and you're not getting your practice time in, that's not going to happen, folks. So is it fair? You got to do something. But if you look at the situation for what it is, let's just call it like we see it. How are we going to get better if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and J.J. Reddick can't get on the floor and, and get in the reps necessary to be a good team? How is it going to happen? Because no one, I don't care who you put in that coaching seat, if you can't get out there and do that, what do we really expect? What do we really That's expect? It's a good point. So this summer, you have Ben Simmons in the gym for a month. What are you concentrating on with him? What I would, what I would love that. I, w- I would love to have that opportunity. Um, if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm working with Ben Simmons, the, the first thing I'm going to ask Ben Simmons to do is defensively, let's figure out who you can guard. Let's figure out who you can guard. Are you gonna Are you gonna be a, a, a three, a wing defender? Are you going to be a power forward, or are you gonna be some type of hybrid player, which we can't really figure out because you play point guard on the offensive end, but then you play all these other positions on the defensive end, and it's impossible for me to have an identity around a player with no position. Now, 
That's the first thing I would do. Let's address this. Where do, are you most comfortable as a defensive player? Because you can't be a pro in this league, Eric, until you can defend a position. I think there's a very clear example of who he should be trying to become defensively. Okay. So he was if, your te- he was your he was your teammate. He wore number thirty three. Okay. He needs now, to look at what Scottie Pippen did on the floor. Now, the the difference between him and Scottie Pippen, to me, is that Scottie Pippen was a very he was slight of build, and Scottie Pippen's game depended on his length. Ben Simmons' game is not a game of length. Ben Simmons is just, in my humble opinion, he's just a big man. He's a big man. And Ben Simmons is strong. I mean, he's a strong kid. If I were Ben, mm-hmm. if I were ben Simmons and Ben Simmons came to ask B.J. Armstrong and said, B.J., what, what do you think? I would just play him as a point guard. I would play him and say, you, you, we're going to work on you defending the point guard's position, which gives the team an identity. Now, okay, so you so you're starting defensively. I'm safe starting to defensively. Say, uh, safe to say a jump shot would be the second thing. I, I I don't I don't need Ben to shoot a jump shot, but I don't need Ben to shoot a jump shot. If if I have a six ten point guard, then I should be fired if I got a six ten point guard shooting jump shots. I got a six ten point guard. There isn't another my, guard in the league that can defend him once he goes to the block. Well, my point there is a he needs to be on the block, but b they're playing what I call the Rondo defense on him. They literally, he has the ball at the top of the key. The defender literally has his heels on the foul line. The, 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 because, because he's playing at the wing position. Ben, where is Ben Simmons best at? He's great in the open floor. He is terrific. Yep. He's a terrific passer. He's unselfish. On the he's move, attacking. On the move, all these things. Once he, off, he, once he rebounds the ball, he pushes the ball out. He does all of the things. He throws the ball ahead. He gets the hockey assists. He does all of the things you want from a point guard. The problem is once he doesn't have the ball, he, he can't operate or play the game from a place where you have to be a scorer because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the skill set. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. So if, you, if, he's, if he's going to be a wing player – He's just going to have to learn how to score. But I think Ben Simmons, like many forwards, like a la Scottie Pippen, if you just pigeonhole him and put him into one place and make him do one thing, they don't think that way. If I just made Scottie Pippen to a scorer, he wouldn't function. If I just made him into a playmaker, he wouldn't function. But Scottie Pippen Agreed. can get you 12 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds, 6 steals. That's what he does. He's, you know, he, he's – I remember Scottie – used to work with the point guard some days. He would work with the center some days. He would work with the power forward some days. He would only work with the forwards when he was tired, <laughs> okay? But when he felt good, he would come down there and he would work with the guards. Some days he would work with the two. And I asked Phil Jackson, I said, why do you let him do that? He said, because I have to keep him interested in the game because he can play at different areas of the game, unlike, unlike you. I, 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 just, I, I was only good at one position. I, I had to play, I had to like, Stay, but Scotty, you know, he could play the point, he could play the two, he could play the three. So Ben Simmons, you got to keep him interested. I think he stays interested as a point guard because there's a lot of things he could do. I don't think he can be interested. I don't think he can stay. Inter- you can keep him interested in the game if you just put him on the wing and say, you know what, let's work on your three point shot. He doesn't think that way. He doesn't yep. think like a scorer. 
It's like LeBron James. LeBron James probably can average 35 to 40 points a game if he was just wanted to be a scorer. He doesn't think that way. So why are we continuously trying to ask him to be something and do something that he's not? So I would just make him to what he is, a point guard. I would, I would, have, I would, I would run the game in, in two phases. I would say when he rebounds the ball or gets the outlet, I would score. And Ben Simmons, has every, he's got 10 seconds to figure out how to get a layup, go to the box, create havoc. If that doesn't happen, then it is his job to feed the post, Ben Simmons, cut through, and play out yep. of it. He's now, got four, four capable shot makers around him. Th- that's what I would do. I would just make the game incredibly simple for him because that way I can have an identity as a team. I got a 6'10 point guard. Who's going to match up with that? How are you going to defend that? Now I got a 6'10 point guard. I get me a 6'6", you know, two guard. I, I put Tobias. I, I, I run Jimmy Butler at the two. I run Tobias Harris at the three. I get me a four who can rebound, a Todd Gibson type guy, Joel Embiid, and I play out of it. Now, that's what I do. Because Ben Simmons, if I make him into a shooter, I think you're taking away the most beautiful part of his game, which is his versatility. That's what he is. I can't just ask a Magic Johnson or a Penny Hardaway or some of these big guards just to be scorers or, or just, you know, guys who can pass the ball. Force them to do what they do, which is they're all over the place. You know, Ben goes to the post. Ben goes, you know, to the mid post. He plays a two-man game from the, from the elbow. Who's going to stop that? That's what I see. But, again, I'm just a guy watching the game. Very good points. And, um I think this is something for us to refer back to uh, as we monitor the evolution of Ben Simmons. All right, something new today. Uh, A little bit of rapid-fire NBA word association. I'm going to name a name. You're going to give me the first word that pops into (laughs) your mind, and then you're going to give me – I want this to be like Phoenix Suns offense. Okay. like that that quick okay ready yeah yes let's go first one tyron lu chaos <laughs> I, I i mean have you ever seen anything like this eric i mean i've i've never seen anything like this this is this is, an, this is an amazing i just watched it because i can't believe what's going on there unbelievable next chris middleton playoffs Whoever would have thought that Chris Middleton was, would outplay Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and all these guys in the playoffs? Yeah, it still stings. Um, ben Simmons. It reminds me of a song. Hello, is it me you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Ben that, Simmons. That's amazing. But we're trying, that's we're amazing. trying to find him. You know, it's like... You know, I'm rooting for him. I, I just think you, you know, we've we've we're asking him to do something. He's that's not what he is. So, yeah. But you know, maybe he breaks out tonight because he is a he is a he is a great talent. Nikola Jokic. Let's reintroduce him, Mister. 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 How about Mister Joker? Mister. Jokic, okay, that's this. This kid has been wow. He, he he's 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 been unbelievable. I, there's nothing I can say. 
Mike Budenholzer. The smooth operator. <laughs> He's, man, that offense is smooth. Defensively, is smooth. I mean, this team is playing as well as a unit as I've, you know. I, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I, I, I thought this going into the regular season. Certainly, I didn't think it going into playoffs. But, wow. I mean, man, the man is smooth. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Great work, my friend. Episode 18 in the books. I am going to... Um, I'm going to really think about some things this weekend and really uh, get this out of my system. But I appreciate you being... Uh, <laughs> The sounding board for me as always, and uh, we will keep this going at the top of the week, the Pure Hoops podcast for the NBA playoffs. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.